This is the message from Connection Community Church for Sunday, July 12, 2015. The Seuss Connection, Yertle the Turtle. Good morning, Connection Community Church. It's Nectar again. Today, we're going to talk about Yertle the Turtle. Ready? Here we go. On the faraway island of Salamasan, Yertle the turtle was king of the pond. The turtles had everything turtles might need, and they were all quite happy, quite happy indeed. They were until Yertle, the king of them all, decided the kingdom he ruled was too small. I'm ruler, said Yertle, of all that I see, but I don't see enough. That's the trouble with me. So King Yertle used turtles to raise up his seat he piled nine of them up, all nice and neat. And then he climbed up. He sat down on the pile. What a wonderful view. He could see for a mile. All was good until later that day. He heard the bottom turtle named Mac up and say, I've pains in my back and my shoulder and knees. How long must we stay here? Your Majesty, please. Silence. The king of the turtles barked back. I'm king, and you're only a turtle named Mac. My throne shall be higher, his royal voice thundered. So pile up more turtles. I want about 200. And all of them stepped on the head of poor Mac. One after another, they climbed up the stack. Then Yertle the turtle was perched up so high, he could see 40 miles from his throne in the sky. Then Max said, Your Majesty, I don't mean to complain, but down here below, we are feeling great pain. We turtles can't stand it. Our shells will crack. Besides, we need food. We are starving, groaned Mac. You, hush up your mouth, howled the mighty King Yertle. You've no right to talk to the world's highest turtle. And then he decided, as the turtles all shook, to build to the moon, if that's what it took. To be the highest turtle on earth or in heaven, so he stacked up 5,607. Before he could do this, Mac decided to quit. He was getting quite tired and no longer could sit. So plain little Mac did a plain little thing. He burnt, and it shook the throne of the king. And with that, King Yertle of Salamasan fell off his high throne and fell plunk in the pond. And today the great yurtle, that marvelous he, is king of the mud. That's all I can see. And the turtles, of course, all the turtles are free, as turtles and maybe all creatures should be. Mm, amen. <laughs> and so we continue our series on Seuss, connecting the story with biblical truths. Last week, as you know, we talked about sneeches, <laughs> stars on, stars off as they walked on the beaches. And... And now you know this morning we'll be looking at Yertles building his throne on the backs of the turtles. So let's get started. We've got plenty to do. My name's Carrie Jones, and I'm welcoming you. <laughs> and I'm Alan Jones, and we're two sinners, I'll say. Who have been saved by the grace of the Lord. Let's pray. <laughs> God, thank you so much for laughter, for being able to come and just take off, of, take off our masks and 
Be in your presence, Lord. Thank you. Open our hearts that we might receive what you have in store for each one of us. Could be a message that is as different as many, as, as many people in this room. And we thank you that you know us and love us and draw us in. We pray this in your holy name. Amen. Mm. Now we could rhyme this whole message, I'm sure that we could, but I know it'd get old. I don't think that we should. So how about we start talking without rhythm or rhyme, and we'll just throw that in for effect when it's time. Great idea. Yertle the turtle. Yertle the turtle. You know what? We're surprised that he didn't wear glasses, eyeglasses, because he certainly had a bad case of eye strain. Eye strain, you know, where it's all about. I are all about me. I'm the center of my universe, and everybody else is around to support me. Me, me, me. Well, that was Yertle. That was Yertle in a nutshell or in a turtle shell. You Come on. <laughs> okay. It's a tough Thank crowd. you. Yeah, tough crowd today, tough man, crowd. man. Yeah. I don't think they like all this work we put into this rhyming thing. Or even the cute little turtle thing there. I know, yeah. so anyway, it was about him, and so he really wanted to raise up on the throne, raise his throne, and he literally did that on the backs of the other turtles. You know, up to that point, things were going pretty well in this faraway island of Salamisad where Yertle was king of the pond. You see, Salamisad, it was neat, it was clean, it was, the water was warm, plenty to eat, the turtles had all that they need, would need. And they were quite happy, quite happy indeed. I like the way you did it first, sir. They had all they needed. Needed. And they were quite happy indeeded. Mm. <laughs> so... So, <laughs> hey, we're just trying to change it up a little bit here. Yeah. <laughs> so in addition to those cute little rhymes, there's a whole lot of good biblical lesson here in this little story. For example, Yerda was okay until he got greedy. Wanting more and more, he then became needy. Twelfth chapter of the book of Luke, second part of the Bible, New Testament. Jesus addressed this idea. There was a crowd gathered around Jesus, and and someone shouted out to him, asking him to order the guy's brother to give him his fair share of the family inheritance. And Jesus asked him why in the world he thought, basically, that was Jesus' job to be judge and mediator in that case. And then Jesus addressed the entire crowd, telling them to protect themselves against the least bit of greed. He said this, he said, life is not defined by what you have, even when you have a lot. Let me say that again. Say it with me. Life is not not defined defined by by what what you you have, have, even even when when you you have have a lot. And then Jesus told the story of a rich farmer who one season had a terrific crop come in. And his barn wasn't big enough to hold it all, so he decided to tear down all his barns and to build bigger ones big enough to hold it all so that then he could retire. And then God showed up. And he told the man, 
that that man was that very night was going to die. And his barn full of goods, well, what good would that barn be then? And Jesus finished the story by saying this. He says, that's what happens when you fill your barn with self and not with God. Say that with me, will you? That's what happens when you fill your barn with self and not with God. You know, I look up there in these scriptures in the Sioux. I keep expecting them to rhyme since it's in the Sioux kind of um, font there. It's funny. Well, filling your barn with self rather than God, I know that that's happened to me from time to time, more than once, more than twice. It's so easy to get focused on our own selves, our own needs, our own, you know, little universe rather than God. So am I the only one like that? This is really a quiet crowd today. Am I the only one, honestly? No. Okay, so we all sometimes get caught up in ourselves, in the me, me, me uh, stuff. And, you know, sooner or later, we, we, are, we are there. But this is what uh, Jesus says about this. Mark chapter 8 in our version is the message. Calling the crowd to join his disciples, he said, anyone who intends to come with me has to let me lead. You're not in the driver's seat. I am. Don't run from suffering. Embrace it. Follow me, and I'll show you how. Self-help is no help at all. Self-sacrifice is the way, my way, to saving yourself, your true self. What good would it do to let everything you want, to get everything you want, and lose you, the real you? What could you ever trade your soul for? Mm. Self-help is no help at all. That's what Jesus says. That's hard for us to hear, don't you think? And I'll tell you why it's hard for us to hear is because we live in a country, we live in a culture, we live in a society in which we pride ourselves on self-help, on, you know, go into a bookstore, look at all the self-help books on the shelf. I mean, there's not the shelf, on the shelves. You know, we live in a culture, a society that's, uh, we take care of ourselves. We are the self-made man or woman. We pull ourselves up by our bootstraps. Can I get an amen? amen. See, they're, they're, they're alive. They respond to you, not they're me. Alive. You remember that Frank Sinatra song, don't you? I did it my way. My way. Golly day, my way. And, and we got to thinking you know, for ourselves, because we always like to put some of us into the message there. We said, okay, how, how has this been working for us? Because we've tried to give over to the Lord, you know, give him ourselves, give him our lives. And I think the toughest part to give over for us was our wallet, our bank account, our, our notice of the word I use, our money. It shouldn't be our money. We came to realize it's God's money. And I got thinking, is this just us? And I have a feeling it's not. I think across the board, one of the toughest last sanctions for most of us is, is, is admitting that what I have is the Lord. And not just admitting it, but living that out. It's one thing to say, Lord, it's yours, but it's another thing to live it out. Here's what I mean. Um, and and um, when I say this, uh, 
I'm going to be talking about tithing here because the scriptures call us to tithe. The Old Testament, there's a scripture, several, tithing, the first 10%. What's interesting, that's not the end all. That's the starting point. It doesn't say, okay, when you do that, you're done. It says that's the beginning. It never says don't give any more than that. That's the starting point. That's our challenge, though, a spiritual challenge because it's not about money. It's not at all about money. It's about do I trust the Lord with God's stuff or do I think it's my stuff and I'm going to let God in on it. I'm going to warn you, I'm going to step on some toes here and be honest, I don't care because this is scriptural and this week we're called to share this. I got to tell you, um, if you're brand new today, just take a little hiatus here. Just sit back and relax for a couple minutes. If you're already tithing, praise the Lord. Think about how you can start moving toward double tithing. Now, if you're in uh, between... That's what we're trying to and do. And I'm not kidding. I'm, I'm, I'm just trying to share the word here. Just like last week, we talked about sexual sin and we use scripture. Today, we're talking about selfish sin, about thinking that what we have is ours. And we've been guilty of that as well. And we still, it challenges us at times and we still work on that. See, here's the challenge. And this isn't just me speaking. It's not about you. This is countrywide because I did some research. Most of us tip rather than tithe. You think, wow, that's not normal tip, because tipping would be 20%, wouldn't it? <laughs> now, what we do is give the tip, the very tip of what's left at the end of the month or the end of the week or whatever. We're not tithing, we're tipping. And then if God does a really good job in our lives, well, Lord, I'll give you a little bit extra. It's supposed to be the opposite. It's supposed to come off top. You know, government, if we work for somebody, they take our taxes right off the top before we get our paycheck, don't they? The government gets their piece, before the Lord gets his. It's really interesting. And then we say, Lord, I'm going to give to you when I can afford it. You want to hear an interesting statistic? People, uh, Christ followers, Christians, making less than $20,000, 20000 less, tithe 8% of the time. 8% of them, those people tithe. People making 75000 and above, 1% of them tithe. Lord, I'll do it when I can afford it. It's an interesting thing, isn't it? Very interesting. Here's another interesting thing, and I know I'm stepping on, I didn't, that's okay. You'll get up later and you'll be able to still move your toes. Average donation in a church is 17 bucks a week, which if you use 4.3, because some weeks, months are four weeks, some are five, if you use a 4.3 times that, that comes to $73 a month. Most of us spend more of that so that we can get cable, internet, and phone in our homes. Many of us spend more than that stopping at the quick place for coffee and snacks. And I've got to just be flat out honest with you. What is more important? God's word telling us what we're supposed to do or coffee and snacks. And the challenge is, it's going down. In 2010, the average giving in the church, countrywide, cross-board, not just our church, across the board, 2.4% of income was given in giving. Next year, it was 2.3. 2012, it was 2.4. You know, see a pattern? Uh, I mean, it was 2.2. See the pattern there? And that was after-tax income. 37% of evangelical Christ followers, church attenders, evangelicals, there's the ones that are fairly conservative, fairly Christ-focused, Bible-focused people, in this country, 37% gave nothing at all to their church. You gotta, I, I'm just from a, pra, I'm a very practical person. I say, who do you think's paying the light bill? 
And again, this isn't about money. This is about heart. This is about relationship with God. This is about who's in charge. Is it ours or is it God's? And if it's God's, we got to start acting like it. Oh, I can't afford it. Tithers have less debt than non-tithers. Just get practical here. Eight out of ten tithers have zero credit card debt. Twenty-eight percent of tithers have no debt at all, including their mortgage. Why are you beating us to death with this, Al? Because I want you to know God wants to bless you, but God doesn't bless you, and then you give him a tip on it. We share the tithe. We started tithing. We didn't all of a sudden make millions of dollars, but we were able to be free from, from that constant worry about money. Is there an amen on that, Carrie? Amen. Because she handles the checkbook. <laughs> and she's a good worrier most of the time. And we started tithing, and it was like, oh, this is so freeing because it's not ours, it's the Lord. And I just got to tell you what the Word says because that's our job here. Um, and, and see, and, and it's not just then the tithing or the money. What happens is we start thinking that it's, it's about us, just like Yertle. We're the center. It's mine. It's all about me. And if we're not careful, we start thinking, I I can do it all. In fact, I can even save myself. Let me tell you, tithing isn't going to save you. That's in response to your salvation. That's a thank you. What saves you is one thing only, and that's Jesus Christ. That's the only thing that will save you. We can't save ourselves. We're not the center of the universe. Christ is. Christ is the center. And, and, and each of us wants to kind of realize he is above all else, Jesus name above all names. Can I get an amen on that? So it's not my way, it's God's way, and it's Jesus' way. That's our way. Let's get back to the story. So let's get back to Yertle the turtle. Yertle ordered nine turtles to swim to his stone, and using these turtles, he built a new throne. He made each turtle stand on another one's back, and he piled them all up in a nine-turtle stack. Mm. You know, I guess you use what you've got, but the way you did it wasn't so hot. <laughs> Foundation of turtle shells isn't the way to build up a throne that is going to stay. So foundation is everything. Can you say that? Foundation is everything. Jesus pointed that out as he was finishing his preaching on the Sermon on the Mount that's found in Matthew, the second half of the Bible, chapters 5, 6, and 7. Boy, we have got demons in here. I think that's Matt burping. About, huh, that's Mac burping, Mac yeah. burping to get in the guy sound. off his back. Yeah. Jesus shared a lot, godly teaching in Sermon on the Mount. And when he was getting ready to close that out, uh, he gave guidance to the listeners about what is foundational in their life. Here's what Jesus said. These words I speak to you are not incidental additions to your life, homeowner improvements to your standard of living. They are foundational words, words to build a life on. If you work these words into your life, you are like a smart carpenter who built his house on solid rock. Rain poured down, the river flooded, a tornado hit, but nothing moved that house. It was fixed to the rock. But if you just use my words in Bible studies and don't work them into your life, 
You're like a stupid carpenter who built his house on the sandy beach. When a storm rolled in and the waves came up, it collapsed like a house of cards. When Jesus concluded his address, the crowd burst into applause. They, they'd never heard any teaching like this. It was apparent that he was living everything he was saying, quite a contrast to their religion teachers. This was the best teaching they had ever heard. Foundation, a strong foundation. Foundation using the words of Jesus, the teachings of Jesus, the life, the example of Jesus. That's what we need to build our life on. Not our own self-centeredness, not building on the backs of others, using them to build us up. We are building our lives on the foundation of the one and only Son of the holy and living God. Otherwise, if we don't, if we don't do it that way, everything will collapse. Everything will collapse just like it did for Yertle. I mean, it just took a simple little burp, and there are simple little burps in our lives, and things just crash. Mm. And the Bible's full of warnings to us to avoid Yertle-like behavior. The book of Proverbs is full of them. It's written by the one known as the wisest man who ever lived, King David's son, King Solomon. Here's one that gives us some... Uh, some very valuable words this morning. Pride goes before destruction and a haughty spirit before a fall. So a lot of us know this as pride goes before a fall, but we wanted to share the whole scripture with you. Pride goes before destruction, a haughty spirit before a fall. We've been using Eugene Peterson's um, interpretation called The Message, and we wanted to share that again uh, today because it really fits Yertle the turtle. Here's his version. First pride, then the crash, the bigger the ego, the harder the fall. So in the 23rd chapter of the book of Matthew, New Testament, come on, on. okay. Uh, yeah. I'm Can you hear me? Okay. In the 23rd chapter of the book of Matthew, New Testament, second part of the Bible, Jesus tells his disciples and a small crowd of people who have gathered that they should practice and obey the teachings of the religious scholars and the teachers of God's law. They should follow the teachings, but they shouldn't follow their example. Uh. He tells his followers that the scholars don't practice what they preach, that everything they do is for show, that they love to sit in the seats of honor at banquets and even at church. They like being called rabbi, which means teacher, when in truth Jesus says there's only rab one rabbi, Jesus himself, and the rest of us are equal as brothers and sisters. He says the greatest among us must be a servant. And then he shares this, he says, uh, say it with me, will you? For those who exalt themselves will be humbled, and those who humble themselves will be exalted. Well, Jesus didn't just say this. Jesus lived this. Remember at the Last Supper, before Jesus was going to um, ascend to heaven, he took the role of a servant. He took the towel and knelt down and washed his disciples' feet. He calls us to do the same, to serve, not be served. 
One of my favorite scriptures is Philippians chapter 2, where it, Paul, the Apostle Paul who wrote this, talks about this. And, and it ends, or one part of this Philippians chapter 2 says, And being found in the appearance as a man, he, Jesus, humbled himself by becoming obedient to death, even death on a cross. That just blows my mind that the perfect living God humbled himself, became obedient, and went to the cross for us so that we might experience new life and freedom and hope because you know, he went to the cross and then the grave was empty and that gives us so much hope for our days each and every day. Hmm. Yertle, who tried to exert, exalt himself on the backs of others, was in fact humbled. Jesus, who humbled himself by allowing his own back to be beaten and then to be crucified on the cross, Jesus is exalted. So we often end with this question, what about you? What about us? We've been really dealing with this scripture uh, all week, uh, this whole message. Are we seeking to be exalted, which will result in us being humbled? Or are we seeking to be humble as faithful followers of Christ? Who's our model? Is our model Yertle the turtle? Or is our model... Jesus Christ. Mm. Yertle the turtle wanted more and more power. In order to get that, he built a huge tower. Of turtles piled on top of each other, treated them like lackeys, not sister or brother. Until one day when his tower crashed down, thanks to a burp, it all crashed to the ground. Better example, is that the, is that the siren? Yes, it is. Why don't we pray? Yeah. Holy God, we lift up whatever that's going on there. We pray for your, um, for your hand that uh, those involved would not be injured, the damage would be minimal, that your hand would be in the midst. Pray for those who are responding, if someone's involved. As always, we look to you for good things. It's in Christ and your Holy Spirit we pray. So you're the turtle, you get the whole thing again. Wanted more power. In order to get that, he built a huge tower. He, turtles piled on top of each other. He treated them like lackeys, not sister or brother. Until one day when his tower crashed down, thanks to a burp, it all crashed to the ground. Better example of a leader to follow, to be as humble might be difficult to swallow, is the one and only son of the father. Always serving, it was never a bother. He gave us a model. He said, do like me. You know, get connected with Jesus, and then you'll be free. So if Jesus is Lord of your life, hallelujah. If not, we encourage you, invite him to join you. Just say, I'm a sinner in need of a Savior. I can't do it myself. Jesus, do me a favor. Come into my heart, forgive me my sin, and I'll give you as much of myself as I can. I'll try not to fight you, give you no strife, and I know that with time you'll be Lord of my life. So can we say that together? Come into my heart, 
forgive me my sin, and I'll give you as much of myself as I can. I'll try not to fight you. I'll give you no strife, and I know that with time, you'll be Lord of my life. You know, in my life, um, I feel like I've given the Lord pieces of myself. Like, okay, you can hang out in this room, and then take over this room, and then the next room, and okay, we've got the downstairs covered, and ooh, and like room by room in my heart. And I guess, honestly, I can't say that every single room is, is full with Christ, but that's my goal. That's my goal. I'm, I just want to give him as much of myself, all of myself. And that's what he wants for all of us, for us to just give him all of ourselves. And when we do that, it is so freeing because we're never alone again. We never, we always have that comforter, that sustainer, Holy Spirit, who we sang about at the, and sang to at the beginning of the service. So that's our prayer for each one of us as we um, pray about uh, the scriptures today and this lesson that we find from Dr. Seuss, Yertle the Turtle. Let's pray. Almighty God, um, wow, this service really has been full of distractions. And um, I just have to believe that uh, the evil one doesn't want us to say things that we're saying and wants to just uh, mess with, with everything. And so I'm going to celebrate that you're in control, that you're on the throne, and that um, you and you alone are the only one who we need to please. I thank you for this day. I thank you that we can worship freely and that you cover, cover us. I pray this in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And everybody gathered said, amen. Thank you for joining us for our podcast. For more information about Connection Community Church in Middletown, Delaware, please visit our website at justshowup.church. You can also call our church offices at 302-378-7692. Connection Community Church, connecting people with Jesus and the life he offers.